This message is made available by the partners and friends of Breakthrough Miracle Life. Catch our live broadcast every Wednesday and Sunday on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and on internet radio at mixlr.com forward slash B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U. But mindsets can stick. We are going, ha, Rwanda, Nedda. You know, we, have, we all have our stereotypes. Hmm? If any man be in Christ, hallelujah. If any man be, uh huh, uh huh, brand new, hallelujah. Amen. He is a new creature. Hallelujah. They've been born from above. Hallelujah. Amen. All things have become new. Of course, part of the problem is a lot of the time we have people in church who, even though they are in Christ, they have never let the old things pass away. They're still holding on to them. The old man is still very present with them alongside the new man. They have not put to death the old man. With his thinking, with his attitudes. Why? Because sometimes we've had these things for so long. They are familiar and comfortable. They are hard to let go of. Our value system is still whatever our parents gave us. We have not yet picked up on the Bible's value system. So it's hard. It's very hard. It's hard when you don't let the word renew you. And renew you. And renew. As you read the word, the word should inform your value system. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus was so radical. Extremely radical. This guy comes and tells Jesus, Jesus, tell my brother to share our inheritance with me. And Jesus says, what do I have to do with, with that? You, you take up, come and follow me. Saying, that stuff doesn't even concern me. Can you imagine such a mindset? Come, uh, let me first go and bury. Let the dead bury their dead. You come and follow me. Jesus was extremely radical. But you see, what we never understood is, Jesus wasn't saying to Mukte Muzika. But he's saying, you need a new attitude. You need new priorities. Your priorities must change to kingdom priorities. Hallelujah. Saying, you need to reset your priorities. When I'm calling you to an assignment, you can't first go to deal with the dead. And when he's talking about the dead, he's talking about the ones who are dead in, dead to Christ. Like, Put the things of life first. Hallelujah. Colossians 3.1 if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life? shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Don't you find that amazing? It says when Christ, who is what? Our life shall appear. Then you shall also appear with him in glory. You know what that really means? The problem is, we are trying to appear when what we need to do is manifest Christ. Because when Christ appears, we will appear with him. Hallelujah. He says, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. you are you are what? Dead. Ay, 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 ay. Dead as a donor. Baka, tare, baka. Dead. Hallelujah. He says, for what? You are dead. Ooh. And your life is what? Is hid with Christ in God. So the only way your life can appear is when Christ appears. So whenever Christ is not appearing, your life can't appear. Because it is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. That should change your priorities. But now notice, that's why he begins with, if you be risen with Christ, seek what? Those things which are above. Where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So your glory is not in earthly things, child of God. The day we get this and grasp it properly, everything changes. Your glory is not in earthly things. Your glory is on things which are where Christ is sitting, at the right hand of God. It's in things above. So every time, you see, we can't tell you that you are glorious because you wore a brand new suit. Hallelujah. Amen. We won't tell you that you are glorious because you went and bought a dress from Christian Dior. For $3,000. No. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My friend. Set your affections. Hallelujah. Set your what? Affections. So we are being told to be so dead that even our affections are for different things altogether. Kajini Karika Kuba. Why? Because your affections are on things above. 
The thing that, that moves you is when you see a greater manifestation of the glory of God that excites you. you. You're thinking, I want that, I want that, that's it, that's it. You're no longer excited by, you know, the latest Ferrari. I don't even know why people like those cars. <laughs> They're there on the ground. You sit in it and it's like you're sitting on the ground. Engine is too loud. I don't know why people think they're such a big deal. Lamborghini, Ferrari, you see them? They pass them like... I wonder what the big deal is about these cars. I certainly wouldn't spend my money on buying one. <laughs> Set your affections on things above. Let your affections be on things above. When your affections are set on things above, your value system will change. The way you look at people will change. You will not look at them and look from head to toe and look at the shoe, the trouser, and go upwards to the belt, then the shirt, eh? and the chain. Paka paradeko sopa. You will be moved by whether they speak with revelation. By, by what you hear coming out of them. You're like, mm, I need to get closer to that one. Mm, we are in a revelation. That's what excites you. You see, let me tell you. You must come to a place where you are attracted to the kind of people who are deep in God. In fact, that's what attracts you to people. When someone has revelation. When someone speaks deep stuff. You just want to hang around them more. Like, ha! That revelation. Let's first sit down. You see, you have to come to that place. Your affections are on things above. Someone shows you a revelation and you're like, wait. Ha! Everything else comes to a standstill because you've had a revelation. You're like, I can't miss this one. This, this one's going to change my life. I can't afford to miss it. When your affections are on things above, Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And notice, he says, For ye are dead. Hallelujah. Set your affections on things above, not on things on earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So, what you need to understand, that for there, you can replace it and actually put because. So he's basically saying, set your affections on things above, not things on earth, because you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So the reason for setting your affections is because you are dead. You have died to this world. You have died to everything in it. The Bible tells us of Abraham, it says, by faith, Abraham lived in tents with Isaac and Jacob, his sons of the promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker, or whose architect is the Lord. He, now, what, here is the amazing part. Abraham was rich. He could afford to build cities. Many. He could afford. I mean, this is a guy who had a big enough army to overthrow five kings. 
and take the captives back from them. So he had a huge household. He could afford to build a city, a magnificent one. Yet it says, by faith he dwelt in tents. Now, why was he dwelling in a tent? Because he was looking, he was saying, this one is not my final destination. God was using Abraham to set an example for us. Because Paul writes and says, these things were written for us as examples. Hallelujah. So, and that's why he specifically cites it in case we are looking and we pass it and we don't notice. We are made to pay attention to it. Abraham lived in tents when he could build. The idea being, he looked at all this stuff in the world as temporal. He's looking for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is the Lord. And so we are called today to live our lives knowing that this is tent. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Not just this one, eh? but this one here is a tent. No wonder. Peter, when his life is coming to an end, what does he say? He says, I'm about to put off this tabernacle. Hallelujah. He says, I'm about to do what? Put off this tabernacle. So, even Peter now lives his life with this knowledge that what I am living in is a tent. When you live in a tent, there is certain things you do differently from someone who lives in a house that is built up. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, when you live in a tent, things are different. You know, someone who lives in a tent, they're not going to be, there are things they don't do like the ones people who are living in houses. People who are living in houses, they tend to do very permanent things. People who are in tents know that they can uproot it and put it elsewhere, anytime. We are called to live these lives like we are in a tent. Now, when you understand that you are in a tent, your attitude changes. Because you understand that any time the tent might be rolled up and packed off. But you will still be there. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And this is important for us to grasp. Because sometimes we live like we are in built up houses. And the problem with someone who lives in a built up house, when it breaks, it, ha- it is a great loss. A tent, if the wind blows it, you pick it up and you put it back again. Ah, the wind blew, hey, okay, ah, this hammer that sticks back in. When the house collapses, it has collapsed. And so, a believer is meant to live their life without fear of death. Because in the first place, you know, it is what? A tent. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Breakthrough. God's going to deliver each one of you from the fear of death. Hallelujah. Do you know? I don't, today I was chatting with someone. A dear friend of ours passed away yesterday. Great worshiper. I got the message in the night. You know that he had passed on. And then today they were telling me how he passed on. And they said, ah, 
That one, he just decided it was time to go. He had lunch as usual. After having lunch, 30 minutes later, he just slipped on to glory peacefully. I was like, eh. And I told him, you know, it's hard for me to tell this to people because they might misunderstand. Eh? But I feel envious. He said, I feel envious. The guy is with the Lord. He's in a great place. I feel envious. I feel envious of the way he has gone. I'm like, they might misunderstand me now. They might think, eh, chichichariko. But to live is Christ. To die is gain. Hallelujah. To be at that place where you're like, you know what, Lord? I don't even know whether to stay or to go. You know, that's where Paul was. I don't know. Should I stay? Should I go? You know, to live is Christ. To die is gain. I am here. I'm wondering. He says, anyway, for your sake. Hallelujah. A believer eh, should not go screaming and holding on to every last breath. Hallelujah. A believer eh, should be eager. He should be saying, you know what? I'm going to see the one who loved me and died for me. I am so excited to meet him. I can hardly wait. Hallelujah. They lived in tents. They were looking. Now for us, what we need to understand is, first of all, that statement is spiritual. Because what he is looking for is what has been promised to us. That's why the scripture, that passage goes on to say they could not obtain it before us. What they are looking for is, remember that the Bible says there will come a time when corruption shall put on incorruptible. Which means, right now, you may be in this tent. And guess what? Every one of us here, our tent was the result of sex between two people. Shaka parade. Aya. I tell you, no more. We are going to be able to get the basura. It is the truth. But it says one thing there will come a time when we shall be transformed as in a flash. Boom. And corruption shall put on incorruptible. We will have these glorified bodies. Hallelujah. That don't age. They don't get tired. They don't need to sleep. Hallelujah. Says, in fact, it says creation is groaning. Creation itself is what? Groaning. It is waiting for the manifestation of the true sons of God. Now some people misunderstand that and they think, now we need to manifest. No. Because it says, to wit, the redemption of the body. That manifestation will be that time when we are transformed. And so, our mind now needs to change, to begin to see our life now as life in a tent. When you have the revelation that you live in a tent, when you have a revelation that this one is temporary, then you will spend more time investing in the one that's permanent. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Teri muntu abera mu rented house. Hmm? You're in a rented house and then you remove and you put tinted windows. Then you, you, you know, you put in a chandelier and you do all these other things. Nobody does that to a rented house. Unless they just lack wisdom. But you can't be in a rented house and you come like by this rented house and you put in tiles. And then you put in a chandelier in the living room and then you, you remove the doors and you put some new doors with glass, stained glass in them and you put a skylight in the bedroom. Nobody does that in a rented house. Why? Because they want to do those things on their own permanent home. Hallelujah. And so the attitude, the mindset we are being told to have is the same like Abraham's. That you look and you say, I'm in a tent that is passing away. I must invest in the house that's coming. Hallelujah. I must put my attention more on what's coming than what's now. Set your affections on things above. Not on things on the earth. He's even specific. Not on things where? On the earth. As long as they're here on the earth, don't set your affection on them. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And you see, affection is a very powerful word. Affection means it has taken your heart. So if you're there, and you can lose peace over the bends, there's a problem. Your affections are set on an earthly thing. Hallelujah. I remember laughing at one guy. Um, It was his wedding. And then... You know, as they are telling them to repeat the vows, they get to that point, till death do us apart. And then for him, he says, ah, ah, for us even death won't do us apart. I just burst into laughter. He's like, Bambi, he sounds very dedicated. He's speaking out of lack of knowledge. The Bible says there will be no marrying or giving in marriage in heaven. Shall be like the angels. That's what Jesus himself said. Hallelujah. Amen. Omuchala wakunsi, omwami wakunsi. Echigambo wechigamba. Since since they have yogeda. Amen. Aya. Now, that makes you understand something very it used to blow my mind. Because today there are things you hear and they make it look like your marriage is the most important thing ever. Yeah? You even hear these doctrines being taught. But is it true? Because Peter comes to Jesus and says, but for us we've given up everything. Everything. And Jesus, when he's breaking it down, he's like, there's no man who's given up hands, lands and houses and brothers and sisters. And Basically, yeah, these guys had given up everything, including family. You think of men like David Livingstone. The man leaves the United Kingdom, or what was Great Britain at the time, 
and sets off to come and preach the gospel in Africa. Leaves his wife and kids where? Back in Britain. It used to take them six months on a sailing ship from London to get to the coast, in, uh, the East African coast. Then they would walk into the interior where they intend to preach. And it would take them another six months to a year to even get to where they are meant to preach. So one year later, you're just arriving. And when they arrive, they don't know the language. So, they spend another two years just learning the language in order to start preaching. When he writes a letter back to his wife, it takes a year to get to her. And then another year for her reply to come back. <laughs> That's what was happening. Now, this is when you understand the level of being sold out these guys had for the gospel. So sold out were they that they know that the least time they are likely to see their their kids. They're going to come back five years later when the kid doesn't even recognize them. Kid will probably run away from this stranger who's just entered their house. Yet they are this sold out to preach this gospel because they have understood they are living in tents. They are like being able to be They are that sold out for the gospel. Today, by our measures, today we would call him a bad husband. You know that. People would say that guy is not a good husband. But that's how sold out they were to the gospel. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those men and the price they paid. Hallelujah. Amen. And he comes and he preaches the gospel and he prays himself out and dies of malaria in the interior. And we will find him up there, a hero of the faith. As reading a book about some a missionary, there's a man called John Geddes. John Geddes left Scotland and went to preach in Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia is up there in Canada, Canada around there. And uh, he died there 17 years later. And this is what they wrote on his tombstone. Here lies John Gates. When he came here, there were no Christians. When he died, there were no heathen. That was his life. Sold out. Completely sold out. Set your affections on things above. We are being called to a paradigm shift. A complete shift in thinking. A complete shift in priorities. A complete, complete shift in how we see things. Hallelujah. 
muguru tebagenda kuuza wavuga Range Rover meka enyumba yali ne bisenge bimeka but the measure is going to be in souls how many you touched how many you transformed how many you reached for Jesus that's the measure that's the currency of heaven how many lives did you touch what impact did your life on this earth have hallelujah amen so even as we speak as we our attitudes and our mindsets must change so much that you get to a place where you're willing to suffer loss to save a soul hallelujah amen, amen. you're willing to lay everything down like Christ did for you when I was meditating on those matters you know the Uganda matters my great grandfather almost ended up among them he just managed to survive narrowly because he was one of the very first converts to the gospel here in fact his name is mentioned very many times in Alexander Mackay's diaries and journals him and, and hope uh, mukasa ham mukasa ham mukasa they mentioned greatly in, in the, you know in their journals and all that saved him is he had gone to Ankole at the time to preach the gospel <laughs> when things became bad and they told him don't come back <laughs> things are bad but you think of those young men who could not deny Jesus and were willing to be burnt alive for it and as they were being burnt they were singing you know some of you young people you don't actually know the story of the matters they sang while being burnt alive <laughs> hallelujah now those are people who have understood we live in a tent hallelujah do you have the understanding that you are in a tent or are you still so bothered by the issues of this earth where are your affections where are your affections that does your heart beat for god what god's heart beats for Oh, if we came and we recorded your prayers. What would be the content of them? Mukama, mukama, eto kusumululwa imukama. Mpite nyimotokaya ngo mwami oyo muita mulinyeri ya Yesu. Embage ye inokubao. Eyechitiwa. If we were to record your prayers, what do they reflect? Where is the heartbeat? You see, here is the amazing thing. 
we often don't even realize that the secret to God releasing all the things we are praying for is to take our hearts off of them and put our hearts on the things of God. Then he can trust us with the other things. That's why you find he's always testing people's hearts. You know why God is always telling people to sow seeds? It's not that he wants your money. But he wants your heart. And where man's treasure is, that's where his heart is. So every time he wants to take you to another level, he first says, Ah, then you're like, ah. Then he knows, ah, your heart is not yet ready. I can't give you the other things because your heart is not yet with me. When you release it, it's like, ah, okay, I can trust you with this. Some of us are constantly taking retakes in the spirit. One retake after another. Because he keeps testing you and you keep fading. Set. Hallelujah. Your affection. You see, you've got to define what affection is. When someone is affectionate, this omutima Hallelujah. It's what you think about. It's what your heart beats for. You know, I remember those young days of young love. Mm, that's why the Bible says the wife of your youth. You know, when you are young, eh? ah, your heart, gukuba. Okube simu. Nemuruaku simu. Nenga, you're speaking nothing serious. You meandered everywhere. That's just young love. Hmm? And he's saying now, set your affection. Come to that place. Hallelujah. Bible reading plan ibe gamba chapter bili noga na ega ngabi chanyu makanyongere mwenda rasatu. Hallelujah. Set your affections. Hallelujah. Says, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. In fact, let me put it in the New Living Translation. It says, since you've been raised to new life, with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You died to this life. Hallelujah. I want to challenge us today. Check yourself. Have you really died to this life? Do you live like you're in a tent? Every day, you become like those believers in Colossians. They were anxious for Jesus to come back. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so, come Lord Jesus. There are some of you, you don't want Jesus to come back. <laughs> 
Uli ranga wemba sina marakano Yesu wajira alindako Banange Yesu sina wakufuga kubenzi lindako Ha sina wakufumbiru ojiro lindako Ninoku samba kuchi kadari Samba kugauni <laughs> you know you hear say samba samba you like bad bad <laughs> you're dying you must kick that gown hmm? because your affections you know some of it, it would be a question if you say Jesus is coming right now would you be excited or would you be saying ha yandirinze ko <laughs> hmm? In fact, you know, I'll have to talk to Mukuru Festo at some point. We need to ask Auntie Ruth to come and sing that song. This is old song we used to sing long time ago. Today. If Jesus came to your house to spend a day or two, if he came unexpectedly, I wonder what you'd do. Yes, I know you'd do your very best for such an honored guest. But there's a part I like, it says, or would you hide some magazines and put some hymn books out? <laughs> hmm? Can you live like you're in a tent? Let me tell you something amazing. Your anxieties, your fears, all the things that have been stressing you will disappear the day you change where your affections are. This is the truth. When your affections are set on things above, the anxieties will melt away. You stop worrying about what will my future look like. You stop worrying, where am I going to be? If you, you know, what's, what's, what's it going to look like? You, start, you stop stressing about mikwano jangeba gula porotin ze sinawa kugurayo. We are going to come 50 by 100. Estate. Hmm? You will those anxieties will go because your affections are set on things above, and then you'll be shocked because your affections are set on things above. Ka fifty by a hundred, I tell Jakuambu we eka number. Kuba Jakuba Maninti Taka Sichikuru Yori. Hallelujah. Amen. Your pursuits will change. Hallelujah. Say, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Or to use the King James Version, it says, seek those things which are above. Seek those things. So, your seeking changes. You're no longer seeking if you can see. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, we are rediscovering what the Bible really says. And when you discover what the Bible really says, you find that it is extremely contrary to everything the world says. In fact, the Bible contradicts everything we are told to chase after. The scriptures contradict all the goals and things we are told to set ourselves for ourselves. 
It contradicts all these self-help conferences and financial empowerment conferences. It does. Totally. When you go to the women's conference and they're busy teaching you about how to look good and everything, the Bible says, no, adorn yourself with good works. Shaka parade. Amen. It's so contrary to the world's thinking that it even feels uncomfortable because it comes and it clashes with everything you've been taught from when you were a child. That's why it's not possible for those two mindsets to coexist. That's why one has to die. Hallelujah. They can't. They are so radically opposed that the only way is one has to die and the other one lives. They cannot coexist in the same place. The mind of Christ and the mind of the flesh cannot coexist. Because they are constantly clashing. Hallelujah. Where is your heart? Where are your affections? Where is your mind, child of God? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? When you think, can you examine all your big dreams? And ask yourself what they look like in light of living in a tent. Hallelujah. Amen. He looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is the Lord. And I've come to realize something. When you set, you see, because some people think that people who set their minds on things above people who are focused on heaven who are focused on the things of heaven they tend to think that such people um, are evacuationists I've had people claim that we are evacuationists and then we have no earthly good that's not true the only ones who are like that are the ones who never understood the revelation if I understood the revelation and my affections are set on things above. Do you know what happens? Even at work, I'll be the best. Do you know why? Because I'll keep in my mind that everything that I'm doing, I'm doing as unto Christ. Hallelujah. So, I will, I will fix that network like I am doing it for Jesus. I will raise those kids like I'm raising Jesus' kids. Hallelujah. Amen. I will build that house like I'm building it for Jesus. I will fix that car like I'm fixing it for Jesus to drive. When your affections are set on things above. So the kind of people who are heaven focused, who are focused on the realities of heaven, are not disconnected from the world in which they are living. But the thing is, everything to them comes down to Jesus. Hallelujah. So even in their marriage, they are conscious of the fact that Hallelujah. So, we are not preaching a doctrine that makes you become disconnected from life. 
but it is a realignment of priorities and affections away from the world onto Jesus such that everything is seen through the light and the lenses of Jesus. Hallelujah. Would he be pleased with this? Will this bring him pleasure? Am I doing this like I'm doing it for him? Everything you do becomes about him. Becomes about his plan. Becomes about his purpose. Becomes about his desires. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. So even when you sing, you're like, I know I'm singing to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because I know it is Jesus I'm going to sing for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's have Jesus at the center of it all. And our lives will not remain the same. We will see him do great things. Our mind, this is a transformational shift. Hallelujah. I'm challenging us as breakthrough. Tent living. Hallelujah. And thank God we actually are in a tent. In, you'll be reminded every time you come to church. Live like you are in a tent. Hallelujah. Live like what? Hallelujah. Just look around. And remind yourself, I'm in a tent. I'm in a tent. The tent is temporary. I am here on a temporary assignment. I don't know how long I have. I better maximize all the time I have. Hallelujah. Breakthrough Miracle Life meets every Wednesday in Lunguja from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Saturday for Bible study from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. and on Sunday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. For more information, call or WhatsApp 704 89 